0: Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willette. Well, good morning. It's so good to be here. This is the happiest place on earth, and uh, it's so good to be here this morning. I'm just uh, so thankful for all of you. And uh, I be, believe God has an encouraging word for you um, this morning. God wants us to live in a place of constant hope. He wants you to live in a, in a place of constant joy. And I believe there's something available here for you this morning. So before I get into it, I have to say, and I said this in the first service, today is our 23rd wedding anniversary, my wife and I, 23. And uh, so thank you, Joy, for, for putting up with me for 23 years. I appreciate that, and I love you more than ever. You're just so amazing, so beautiful. I was just looking at you in worship, and I was like, I love her. I, I'm married to her. That is amazing. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, thank you so much, uh, and I uh, love you so much. 23 years. So, yep. here's to the next 100. God's going to give us 100 more. <laughs> Uh, I want to give you an update on Tia. Uh, I talked to her this week, and she is doing great. And uh, she's been ha- she was telling me about all the encounters she's been having up at Bethel and, and just awesome stuff. Um, she had this girl in her revival group. This guy was preaching just on the glory of God, and then he was laying hands on them. And has, as he laid hands on this one girl that's in her revival group, like, gold dust just came off of her head. And, like, everybody in the room saw it. And then, like, later they were praying for her again, and, like, more gold dust was just coming off her head. And so it's like, we don't know what to do with that. And that's like, what do you do with that? You know, I, I love hearing Bill Johnson when he talks about, you know, because up at Bethel they had... They had several, like, uh, I can't remember how, it was several weeks where they had, like, a glory cloud come into the sanctuary. And Bill was like, I, I don't know what to do with that. Do, I, do we stop preaching when it ha- comes in? You know, do we? And he said little kids would, like, run through it. And so he's like, well, the Bible says be childlike, so maybe that's what we're supposed to do. Let's just go run through the glory cloud. <laughs> And so, you know, we had a we had a divine manifestation a few months ago where we had like a a, a smell of like incense that went out over the whole sanctuary during worship, and uh, yeah, we were the same way. We we're like, well, we don't know what to do with this, but God's doing something, you know. Um, the kingdom of heaven is supposed to come to the earth, and so we shouldn't be shocked when there's divine manifestations. We just declared it this morning. We said divine manifestations. So we shouldn't be shocked when there's divine manifestations. So I know um, there's going to be more divine manifestations in this place. And so God does what he does. And sometimes we're like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. But God, uh, I want it. If it's you, I want it. So last week, I I spoke about faith, and I I asked the question, uh, what do you need to have faith for in your life? What do you need to have faith for? God wants us to live a lifestyle of faith. So we're to be hope carriers, faith carriers. We're called believers, so our, our job is to believe what God says and to step into it. God is looking for people with hope to partner with. Let me say it again. God is looking for people with hope, people who believe him to partner with, to bring his kingdom of heaven into the earth. So you are God's funnel. God wants to funnel his glory. He wants to funnel his joy. He wants to funnel his life, his peace through you into the earth. So look at your neighbor and just say, you're God's funnel. You are God's funnel. God wants to funnel himself through you into the earth. And it can happen anywhere you go. You can look for it anywhere you go. God, what do you want to do through me into the earth right now? So he wants to funnel his glory through you into the earth. So keep your hopes up. Whatever you do, don't lose hope. Don't lose your hope. The enemy is after your hope. He can't take your salvation. But if you believe his lies, he'll take your hope. He knows he can't take your salvation. But if you can believe his lies, if you start to believe his lies, he'll take your hope. So keep your hopes up. Psalm 42, five, David says this. He says, why are you in despair, O my soul? I love it. David's talking to himself. He says, why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. So he's directing himself. There's a book out there that's, that's called You're Crazy If You Don't Talk to Yourself. Because we actually should, David did it, he talked to himself, he speaks to his soul. We're, how many know we're very complex beings? We're mind, will, emotions, we're body, we're spirit, all in one. So he, he's directing his soul, his mind, his emotions by his spirit. He's saying, spirit or soul, hope in God, hope in God. Why are you in despair, oh my soul? Why have you become disturbed, hope in God? So, wherever you're at, hope brings you back into that place of praise and peace again. That's, that's what you may even experience when you, you're in worship or you're in a time of prayer or you're reading the word. It's like you get calibrated and back into this place of hope. So, calibrate us, God. Amen. I just want you to know, I felt like uh, just sharing this, um, especially with all that's going on in the world, God is just. God is just. And there's nothing that's happening in the world right now that God's not going to bring his justice into. So we need to believe that. We need to partner with that belief that God is just. He's bringing his justice to every single situation. When you see something that bothers you in the world or around you, make a faith declaration. God, I believe you're bringing justice into this situation. God, I, be- I believe you, you are way more just than Let's say, let's say he's a thousand times more just. It's probably a lot more than that. But God, you're a thousand times more just than I could ever even possibly be. Um, and so I believe that you are bringing your justice into this situation. So these are the kind of things that when we, the enemy is after your hope. So you can start to see something. Hopelessness can start to come in and you need to like partner with a, a God declaration or a God thought. Like God, actually you have a solution for this. You, this is, doesn't take you by surprise. You have a solution for this, and I'm going to partner with hope right now, and I'm going to make a declaration. God, you're just. You're going to bring justice into this situation. Okay, the key verse for today is Luke 18.1. I'm going to read it in the Passion. Luke 18.1. God is so good. He's going to do something special in your heart today. Yeah. Just close your eyes for a second. Just say, I receive... Jesus, anything you have for me today? Hit me, Lord. So when I read this verse a couple of weeks ago, I felt an invitation. How many have ever had that happen? You read a scripture and you feel like God's inviting you into something. So I read this scripture and I felt an invitation to step into a deeper level of prayer and a deeper level of hope. Listen to the scripture, Luke 18.1 in the Passion Translation. Says one day Jesus taught the apostles to keep praying and never stop or lose hope. Keep praying and never stop or lose hope. Other translations say he taught them not to give up. He taught them not to get discouraged. He taught them not to lose heart. He taught them not to get weary. And God's already been doing this, but he's breaking off hopelessness today. He's breaking off discouragement. And some of you have had discouragement. You've had hopelessness. And he's breaking off the weariness that you've carried from going through some discouragement in the past season. God is taking you into this place of hope that no matter what is going on in the world around you, you're in this place, this third heaven. The Bible talks about first heaven, second heaven, third heaven. The third heaven is where you're at with Jesus Christ, seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenly realm where there is no hopelessness. There is no fear. And when you're in that place, I believe we hit that place in worship today. When you're in that place, like the fears that you have on the earth, um, they seem ridiculous, Because you know who is king. You know who is Lord over every situation. You know that you're safe. You know that you're protected. You know that God is just when you're in this place, this realm with heaven, with with God in heaven. And so you can live in that place. Now, we actually need to live out of that place to bring the kingdom of heaven into the first realm, the first heaven, which is earth. So we want to live out of the third heaven, which is heaven, And we bring that into the the earth. There was a word, uh, Bob Jones, the famous prophet, several years ago, he, um, he had a corrective word for all these prophets. He got all these prophets together and he goes, you guys are prophesying out of the first and second heavens and you need to stop. And you need to get in that place of the third heaven with Jesus Christ seated with him and you prophesy out of that realm. So this is an invitation, I believe, this morning to step into a deeper level of prayer, a deeper level of hope. God will never ask you to do something that's impossible. So I love this scripture. How many know that you're a disciple of God? Anybody here? Yeah, we're disciples. So when, when you read the scripture and Jesus is speaking to disciples, you need to put yourself in there. Say, this is, this is what he's saying to me. I'm a disciple. How many know that's legal? You are a disciple of Jesus. You're a Christian. So you can put yourself in those places. Okay, Jesus is saying this to me. It says, one day Jesus taught his disciples to keep praying and never stop or lose hope. So this is available for all of us. This is available for you as a disciple. You can walk in hope. You can walk in this place of constant communion with the Lord in prayer. That's what this message is called, by the way. It's constant hope or Constant Communion. I should change it after Vince's word to Unstoppable Hope. <laughs> Maybe that's a better title for this, but Constant Communion with the Lord. There's a place with the Lord where you can live in constant communion, and you'll be constantly encouraged and full of life. This is available to us. We don't have to live in discouragement. We don't have to live in depression. It doesn't mean that we don't go through hard things. It doesn't mean that we don't have sadness, but we don't have to live in this place of depression. So this message really started a couple weeks ago when I was having a discouraging moment. And I want to tell you this before I talk more about that. Anytime you're discouraged, you're believing a lie. Anytime you're discouraged, you're believing a lie. You're believing a lie about God. I mean, it could be one of these things, either God, a lie about God, a lie about yourself, a lie about someone else, or a lie about your situation. But anytime you're discouraged, you're believing a lie. I love this quote by Francis Frangipan. He says this, every area of your life that does not glisten with hope means you're believing a lie, and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life any area of your life, if you can think of one area in your life, you're like, I don't have hope in this area. I'm telling you, in that area of your life, you're believing a lie. Every area of your life, you can, when you're in that place, that communion with God, when you're in that third heaven, you'll have hope for every area of your life. There is no hopelessness in God. There is no hopelessness in God. So that's our, that's our target. God, I want to have glistening hope in every single area of my life. And the areas that you don't have glistening hope in, you need to go after the lies that you're believing. You need to go after the lies that you're believing. I remember when I started doing this several years ago, I, I believed a whole lot of lies. <laughs> but I started going after it and I watched the discouragement begin to just break off my life as I started to go after these lies. And I've gotten to the point to where now when I get discouraged, I know instantly, oh, I picked up a lie. I picked up a lie and I, I'm going to go to the Lord. Lord, what, what did I pick up? And I can break discouragement really quickly now, but it's, take, it's a practice that I've, I've had to learn. But anytime you're discouraged, you're believing a lie So discouragement's actually a blessing in a way, because it's an emotion that you have that's a check engine light that says you're believing lies right now. So when you experience discouragement, you can know, this is my check engine light. Now, when the check engine light comes on in your car, I know when when Joy and I were first married for several years, when the check engine light came in on, on our car, we're like, well, it's still running. So... I'm just going to ignore that. Let's put a little sticker over it. (laughs) But now, now when the check engine light comes on, we take it in. Because we're like, okay, there's something wrong, and it needs to be looked at, so more things don't go wrong. I mean, if you don't take care of that, it's going to cause more problems. So now, when you're discouraged, this is your check engine light. When you're depressed, depression is just discouragement undealt with. We have discouragement after discouragement after discouragement, and you haven't dealt with it, and it turns into a long-term discouragement, which is called depression. So discouragement's your check engine light, and that's when you go to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I think I picked up a lie here. Now, sometimes depression or discouragement can be demonic oppression. That, that's, that's a thing. And there's one real easy way to find out if it's demonic oppression or if it's I believed a lie, and it's, it's really simple. If you're experiencing discouragement or you're experiencing depression and you think this might be a demonic oppression, this might not be like a lie, but it might be a demonic thing. You have authority over Luke 10:19 says, behold, Jesus said to you, the disciples, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I had a guy who right here who is demonically manifesting, and in a demonic voice, when I was telling, I was commanding him to be silent. I was commanding the demon to come out, and he looked right at me, and in a demonic tongue goes, I know you have authority over me. That was a a wake-up call. I was like, wow, we have more authority than we realize. For it's a demonic voice to tell you, I know you have authority over me. So, if you're having discouragement or depression, and you think it's an oppression from the enemy, cast it out. All right, Lord, I'm experiencing depression right now in the name of Jesus. I command this depression to go in Jesus' name. If it's a demon, it will lift. I've had that happen. I've had it like, oh, that was a demon. That was a demonic oppression, and it lifted. If you do that and nothing happens, it could be that you're believing a lie. And more often for me, that's the case. The demonic oppression... Of Depression has been very rare for me now. It's happened sometimes. More often than not, most often, it's that I believed a lie. Do, 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 do. Where are we at? So anytime you're discouraged, you're believing a lie. So believing truth, what does the Bible say about truth? Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will, what? Set you free, puts you in freedom. So when you pick up this lie and your discouragement light goes off and you go to the Lord, you say, okay, Lord, what lie did I pick up? And the Holy Spirit will show you. And then you're going to ask the Lord, okay, what's the truth? Because the truth is what's going to break that lie, the deception, and which will break the discouragement. I have a little graphic, could you put that graphic up? Thank you, Brandon, Brandon made this for us. Thank you, Brandon. So believing lies leads to bondage, it is bondage, and it manifests as discouragement and depression. If you believe lies, puts you in bondage, and it manifests as discouragement and depression. Believing truth, what did Jesus say? You, believe, you know the truth, it'll set you free. Believing truth is freedom. And it manifests as joy and peace. The more truth you believe in your life, the more joy and peace you'll have, the more hope you'll have. So if you're having a lot of discouragement, you're probably believing a lot of lies. And that's where I was. Certainly five years ago when I started laughing at lies, I was like, I if that's true, because I heard Steve Backlund say that, he's like, if you are if you walk in a lot of discouragement, you're believing a lot of lies. And so I realized, oh, it's actually true. When I started to process with the Lord, he's like, yeah, you're believing lies about your marriage, you're believing lies about me, you're believing lies about yourself. This is really good, though, because the second that God shows you the lies you're believing, you're no longer in deception. You come out of deception, you come into truth, which will manifest as joy and peace in your life. Romans 15, 13 says this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, in believing. So when we're believing, when we're thinking like correctly, when we're we're seeing God as he is, when we're believing truth, it manifests as joy and peace. That's what the scripture says. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's on your side in this, in this fight. He wants to break the deception in your life, and he wants to bring you into truth. That's good news. Luke 18.1. Again, it says, one day Jesus taught the apostles to keep praying and never stop or lose hope. So a couple weeks ago, I was having a discouraging moment. My discouragement check engine light came up. My believe in lies light came up. And I've done this long enough to where I know, okay, I picked up a lie. So I went to the Lord and said, okay, Lord, what, what lie am I believing? And I was surprised to hear this. When you start this practice, you'll, be, you'll hear stuff that will surprise you. And that's when you know, like, oh, that's not my thought because I didn't even know I believed that. So the Lord said this. I said, Lord, what lie am I believing? He said, you're believing a lie that I'm with you when you're doing, quote, spiritual activity, and I'm not with you when you're not. I didn't know I believed that because I know intellectually that's not true. Because I know intellectually, the Bible says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. But sometimes we have heart beliefs that even don't make sense in our intellectual belief. And when we say them out loud, you're like, yeah, that is ridiculous. I'm thinking that God's not with me when I'm not doing, you know, like I felt like, oh, God's with me when I'm preparing messages and God's with me when I'm speaking and he's with me in worship and he's with me when I'm out evangelizing. But I unconsciously was thinking in these moments where I wasn't doing this quote spiritual activity, That he wasn't with me. And it was manifesting in some discouragement because I believed a lie. Like, I'm on my own here. Like, there's a lot of things you're going to do in your life that don't look like, quote, spiritual activity. that are actually more spiritual than you believe. Yeah, take that this morning. That's for somebody. There's so many things in your life that don't look like the spiritual activity that's more spiritual than you think. And God is with you in those moments. And if you believe a lie that he's not, you're not able to see how he sees you and see how he sees your situation. So when I, when I believe that lie, that lie wars against constant communion with God. Because he's like, no, I'm not just with you when you're leading worship. I'm, just, I'm with you all the time. <laughs> I'm with you when you're changing diapers. I'm with you when you're taking the garbage out. I'm with you when you're doing the mundane thing, the job that you do. I'm with you. So the Lord said, you're believing a lie that I'm with you when you're doing spiritual activity, and I'm not with you when you're not. Deception is so deceiving. How many know the very nature of deception is that you don't know that you're deceived? The second you know that you're deceived, you're no longer deceived. This is why that discouragement is actually a blessing. Because this is your check, in, check engine light that says you're, being de- you're deceived right now. Because if you weren't deceived, you'd, you'd have glistening hope. Since your glistening hope is absent and your discouragement is present, this means you believe in, you're believing a lie right now. And so the second you come into the truth, it breaks the deception. The truth really does set us free. This is a practice that my wife and I have done for a few years now of laughing at lies, checking when we're discouraged or whenever something's happening, our hope level is low, checking in with the Holy Spirit, Lord, what lie am I believing He speaks to us, tells us what the lie is. We laugh at the lie, and then we ask, Lord, what's your truth? And when I did this with this situation, okay, Lord, I'm believing this lie that you're only with me when I'm doing spiritual activity. Lord, what's the truth? And he says, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm always with you. Always with you. That scripture, when you do a deep dive in it, when he says, I'll never leave you, means I'll never physically leave you. Jesus is with you the moment you accepted Christ and he'll never leave you. He's always physically with you. And when he says, I'll never forsake you, it means I'll never turn my heart away from you. I'll never turn my heart away from you. So not only is he physically with you in every single thing that you do in your life, his heart is always turned towards you. In your worst moment, the Father's heart, Jesus' heart, is turned towards you. This is the truth. How many of you have kids and they do something wrong and you're like, oh, I'm turning my heart away from you. I don't love you anymore. No. (laughs) How much better is God than us? He never turns his heart. In your worst moment... His heart's turned right towards you. He loves you. Then I came across this scripture. It says, One day Jesus taught the apostles to keep praying and never stop or lose hope. And there's this place with God where we can live in constant communion with Him, constant hope. Constant awareness of his presence. There's an invitation to, to you this morning. There's an invitation God is extending to you to become more aware of his presence. That he is with you in everything that you do. Every little thing that you do, he's with you. And we just need to tune in. Every thought that you have that God is not with you during certain times is a lie. So we're not, we're really just becoming aware of the truth this morning that he really is always with us. We don't go from like, oh, I'm connected to God, I'm disconnected to God. Oh, I'm connected to God, I'm disconnected. That, that's, not, that's a lie. We're always connected. We're always connected to him. So what changes is our awareness of it. That's why we love, again, we love worship because we're like, I'm aware of God's presence and his glory. And this is amazing. <laughs> But we can be aware of his presence and his glory all the time at Walmart. We can be aware of his presence. This is what we're growing in. This is what God's inviting me into. And I'm, enjo- I'm asking you to join me. God is cultivating a, a, an increased awareness of his presence in our hearts. So that's what I, I've been going after in my life. This is what's available if you want it. Constant communion. Constant hope. We're learning to cultivate his presence in our life at all times. We're learning to discern his presence at all times. This was the norm for Jesus, and Jesus wants to take us and teach us to live in that place with him. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and you are seated with him in the heavenly realm at all times. He's seated next to the Father, and you're seated with him in the heavenly realms. Jesus lived with a constant awareness of his connection to the Father. He lived with a constant awareness. He said, I only do what I see my Father doing. I only say what I see or hear my Father saying, because he was aware of what God was doing, what God was saying at all times. This is available. So how do we live in this space with Jesus? Well, number one, and I think I already said it in so many words, any thought that you ever have that says you're disconnected from God, you're disconnected from Jesus, or you're disconnected from the Holy Spirit is a lie. Anytime you even have a thought that you're disconnected from God in any way, you're believing a lie. You're never disconnected from him. He will never leave you, and he never turns his heart away from you. This is the truth, and you can tune in to God saying this over you anytime you want. So when God showed me this lie, I didn't say this in the the first service, but when God showed me this lie that I didn't realize I was believing, for the next, like, three or four days, I would just, like, as I was doing, like, the non-spiritual activity, I would just periodically just check in with God. Maybe sometimes every few minutes, just be like, Jesus, are you with me? I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Always with you. Five minutes that goes by, Jesus, are you with me? <laughs> I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And, it, and he's not frustrated by it. He's not like, you're not getting it. <laughs> he's lovingly every time, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm always with you, Daniel. I love you. And I just did it for like three or four days. Jesus, are you with me? I know the answer, but I need to hear it. This frequency, there's a, you know, sometimes we Talk about the broadcast that's in the air from the enemy. But there's another broadcast that's in the air from the Holy Spirit. He's speaking over you constantly. In Romans 8, it talks about the Holy Spirit. It says he convicts you of sonship. There's a broadcast in the atmosphere from the Holy Spirit convicting you constantly of sonship. And if you tune into it, no matter what you're doing, no matter what's going on, you tune into it, it's saying, you're a son. You're loved by the Father. You're a son. In John 16, it talks about the Holy Spirit um, convicts us of righteousness. It convicts the believer of righteousness. That's constantly in the atmosphere. And when we just tune into it, Holy Spirit, what are you saying right now? You are righteous. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're seated in heavenly places with Jesus in every moment. Part of living in constant communion with God is tuning into that frequency of what the Holy Spirit is constantly speaking over you. Constantly speaking over you. And you can ask him, just like I did, Jesus, what do you think of me? We're learning to discern his presence at all times. So the truth is you can tune into God's frequency anytime you want. So I put your word in his heart. So it's just right there anytime you need it. Some of you need to meditate on Hebrews 13.5 13, 5, that says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Some of you need to meditate on that. And especially in their mundane moments as you're taking out the trash. I'll never God, you're with me right now taking out the trash. I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. God's voice is constantly speaking over you. You just need to tune into it. I love this scripture, Jeremiah fifteen, sixteen. Jeremiah said this, your words were found and I ate them. And your words became a joy to me and a delight to my heart, a delight of my heart, for I have been called by your name, Lord God of armies. He said, your words were found. That means he was looking for them. I found your words, God, and I I received your words. I ate them, and your words became a delight to me. For every situation, you can ask God, Lord, what's your word over this situation? We're looking for his word, just like Jeremiah says, I found it. Your words were found, and I ate them, and they became a delight to me. God, what is your word when we get discouraged or when we don't know what the answer is? God, what is your word over this situation? And we find his word, and we eat them, and they become a delight to us. This is a key of living in constant communion. God, I need to know what your word is over this situation my work situation, my family situation. What are you saying? We look for his words. Jeremiah was a prophet. He's hearing from God so we can learn from him. He's like, I'm looking for the word of the Lord. We look for God's word, we listen to God's word, and we eat God's word. And that becomes the truth in our hearts, and the truth is what sets us free. It becomes our true north. It becomes our compass. When you do this, you will live in joy and peace all the days of your life. That's what's available to you. So God wants us to live in constant communion with him. So one of the ways we do, it, do that is we tune into his voice. That's what we've been talking about, just tuning into his voice. Tuning into what the Holy Spirit's broadcast is. Tuning into what God's speaking over each situation. Number two, the, other, the second way we do it is we pray in the Spirit. We pray in the Spirit. You know, it's funny. We went there and worshiped in both services, but I had it in my notes to just tell you, you are completely clean. You are completely clean. You are so clean because of the blood of Jesus. And now that you're, you're so clean because of Jesus's blood, by the way, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament would come and temporarily touch people and lift. But because of the blood of Jesus, the covenant that we're in, we don't have the Holy Spirit temporarily touch us. He lives inside of us because we're completely clean. How many know God can't live in a dirty house? Holy Spirit can't live in a dirty house. You've been made completely clean. You're washed white as snow. And the Holy Spirit lives within you. So one of the ways we stay in communion with the Lord is we pray in the spirit. I want to read Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27 in the Passion Translation. It says, and in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf. Pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. The Holy Spirit empowers us in our weakness. That's one of the first things it says. And it says, we don't know how to pray. Um, sometimes when we don't know how to pray and when we pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit super intercedes on our behalf. So, so many times there's situations going on and we just don't know how to pray. That's when this is so powerful is to just pray in the spirit. And by the way, you can target your tongues. You can target them. And it's legal. I checked in with God's legal department. He says It's legal. You can target your tongues and say, God, I'm praying for my nation right now, and I'm going to pray in tongues over my nation. You can target them. God, I want to pray in the spirit for my family right now. God, I want to pray in the spirit for this family over here, or this situation or, or something that I'm struggling with. I'm going to pray in the spirit right now. And the Holy Spirit is praying the perfect will of God through you for that situation, things that you don't even know to ask for. There's desires in your heart that you don't even realize are there but when you pray in the spirit the holy spirit is praying those desires that you don't even know are there and it's one of the ways we stay in communion with god is that we just practice praying in the spirit We're gonna, i'm going to i'm challenging myself to pray in the spirit more and i'm going to challenge our revival group and our men's group to cultivate just that presence of the lord by praying in the spirit it's so powerful and I can't underemphasize how powerful that is, just praying in spirit. If you've not got your prayer language, God's going to give it to you. Um, you might have believed this lie. I don't speak in tongues, so I don't have the Holy Spirit. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Everybody that's received Jesus has the gift of the Holy Spirit. You may just not have had the manifestation of the Spirit in, in speaking in tongues, but it's available. And that, by the way, if you haven't done that yet, it's, it's available through faith. Everything in the kingdom is available through faith. This is not something you have to earn. It's not something you have to get a, a badge because you've done enough right things, and then you can step into it. Everything's received by the Spirit. So if you haven't spoken in tongues, you can pray for yourself, or you can ask for prayer. Pray for me to receive the gift of tongues, and then you need to start stepping out into it in faith. Even if it sounds like gibberish, to you, you're like, okay, in faith, I'm step- I believe this is for me. And I'm going to step into it and start doing it. I remember my friend Levi that Joy was just talking about. He's, he's awesome, by the way. You're going to love when he comes. Bring, a, bring somebody because he's powerful. But when he first starts stepping into this, he's like, I didn't have the lightning bolt Holy Spirit experience. <laughs> you know, some people have that, and that's awesome. But don't wait for the lightning bolt. So he says, in faith, God, I believe you're giving me tongues. And he started to just say, okay, here's what I feel like I'm hearing, Sheikah. So he walked around Sheikah. Shika, (laughs) Shika. He's like, that's what I'm getting. And to him, he's like, this. I think this, it sounds like gibberish, but I feel like I'm just gonna keep going with it. (laughs) In faith, I'm gonna keep going. Shika, so he just walked around Shika, and then after he did Shika for a few weeks, he got a Baba. So he's like, Shika Baba, Shika Baba. He's walking around. So he would pray in the spirit, and that would be his prayer language: Shika Baba, Shika Baba, Shika Baba, baba. Shika Baba. (laughs) <laughs> and how many know, I, I know there's at least one person in the room that knows I'm speaking Swahili right now, <laughs> it, literally, so, so uh, uh, Levi's in a meeting with Heidi Baker, and she's preaching, and she says, and she has no idea of his situation or what he's doing, but she goes, Sheikah Baba, it means hold on to the father in Swahili, <laughs> so he's been walking around saying, hold on, started with his Sheikah, hold on, Hold on, hold on. Your prayer language is coming, Levi. Hold on, hold on. And then he added the Baba. Hold on to the Father. I'm holding on to the Father. He's praying this. He doesn't even, he's speaking Swahili. He doesn't even realize it. So I wanted to just encourage you this morning. I know many of you speak in tongues already, but if you haven't stepped out into that, it's a free gift of God and you take it by faith. Don't wait for the lightning bolt. I didn't, I didn't get the lightning bolt, by the way. That's something I took by faith. I just Said, okay, Lord, I believe I have the Holy Spirit. I believe this is available. And I just started to move and speaking in tongues. And take it by faith, and it will hit you, it'll come. Shika Baba. So one of the ways we live in communion with the Lord is by praying in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit pleads before God for us in perfect. Harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Pray in the spirit. If you already do, keep doing it and do it more. Stay in that communion with the Lord. Amen. By the way, the Holy Spirit, I just want to give you this really quick. This is just such an encouraging scripture because some of us have believed a lie again that you know, the Holy Spirit or the gift of tongues, it's hard or it's, or it's, but I just want to read this one scripture to you. Luke eleven thirteen. 13, it says, uh, Luke eleven eleven through 13, it says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? By the way, I almost stepped on a, a, a or there was a rattlesnake. It was walking Sammy last night, and I heard this. It was next to me, and it scared the bejeebers out of me. The bejeebers got scared right out of me. And uh, but I'm so thankful he didn't bite our little dog, our little Sammy. But yeah, he just right next to us and right in our neighborhood. Which of you fathers, if a son asks for a fish, we'll fish, will give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If then you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So God wants to give you that gift of Tongues. Just step out in faith. So pray for the manifestation of tongues. Believe that you've received and step out in faith. Amen. Okay, so I wanted to just give you this quick sidebar. Just because we don't always know how to pray and the Holy Spirit will come and he'll fill in those gaps, that doesn't mean that we don't ask, for, ask God how to pray for situations. So, especially if God's called you to be an intercessor, like, God's called us all to intercession, of course, but there's certain people that are like, God's called me to intercede. And especially for you intercessors, I'm asking you as your pastor, ask God specifically how to pray about certain situations. God, how do we pray over our nation? Because we need to know what God is saying in those areas. Like, hey, I feel like God is saying we need to pray like this for our nation. So you can ask God how to pray, and what happens when you ask God how to pray is he he will reveal what the Holy Spirit's been praying through you and your tongues. Okay, last thing. How do you stay in constant hope, constant communion with God? How do we stay in that place of faith and hope? We need to learn to quiet our minds because often our mind gets in the way of our constant communion. It was in my situation I was believing a lie that sometimes God is with me, sometimes he's not, subconsciously. So my mind was believing something that was actually warring against the truth that God is always with me. He never leave me, never forsake me. So we need to learn how to direct our minds. We need to learn how to quiet our minds. David said this, Psalm 62, 5, he said, Be silent, my soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. He's speaking to his emotions, he's speaking to his mind. He's saying, Be quiet. So I like to speak kindly over my mind. I'll say things like this. Mine, I appreciate you. You're valuable. I love you. But I need you to be silent right now. I need you to be quiet. How many, like, with with things especially going on in our world right now, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many, like, you hear the the report and your mind starts to race. You're like, how am I going to? be safe. How am I going to protect my family? How am I going to, do I need to build the bunker? Is it time to go to move to Canada? Probably not any better there. Is it time to, what do we, you know, and your mind starts to figure it out. Don't put your hope in your being able to figure it out in your mind. Don't put your hope there. You, you're you're going to find yourself in a lot of hopelessness if you're trying to figure it out here. So we need to know how to quiet our minds that report comes or that bad news comes. There's been, there's been a lot of that lately. And our mind starts to raise, how do I fix this? How do I self-protect? How do I, how do I, how do I? We need to go into this place with the Lord where we're like, mind, be silent. I appreciate your mind, but I need you to be silent right now. Because I actually don't need to hear from you. I need to hear from God. And then we ask the Lord so you can command your mind to be silent. And we can command our spirit to be present. You can talk to your spirit. Say, Holy, or say Spirit, I command you to come to attention. Our spirit, 1 Corinthians 6.17, says, is connected to Holy Spirit. It says, he who joins his spirit to Holy Spirit is one spirit with him. This is 1 Corinthians 6.17. So I remind myself, Spirit, I call you to come to attention. You are connected to the Holy Spirit, and you hear from heaven. I've already told my mind to be quiet. I've called my spirit to attention. I say, now, God, what do you say? What do you say about this situation? And God's word, one of, one of the ways you know it's God is it'll break discouragement instantly. It'll bring hope instantly. If you're hearing things that cause more discouragement, you're not hearing from God. <laughs> it's one of the things they do in Sozo. Like, I think I'm hearing God saying that I'm mad at you right now. <laughs> and then that person's like, well, that may not be God. I mean, so let's ask again in a different way. Because when God speaks, it's going to break discouragement. and It's going to bring you back into hope. Don't try to find hope in your intellect. Don't look for hope in your ability to reason things out. Make your mind your servant, not your master. Don't let your mind become your master. It will lead you into bad places. Quiet your mind so you can stay in an awareness of your communion with him. Talk to your mind. David did it. He says, be quiet. I need you to be quiet for a minute. Quiet yourself and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you say? What are you seeing in this moment? I want to close with this story. Um, we were in Redding. Uh, it was 2014. It was love after marriage. I can't believe it. it's been six years already. And actually, Eric was there with us, Eric Whedon. We got, I got a picture. We got a picture together to prove it. <laughs> and uh, we were in a session where they were doing, um, doing uh, kind of like live counseling with this uh, man and his wife. And it was really raw. It was like a, a room with 180 people. And they were going into some deep, deep stuff. Obviously, they got their permission, like, hey, are you willing to come up and, like, just really be real and vulnerable? And they were like, yep, let's do it. We want to get free. So they're up here, and this man is telling his life story about just horrendous abuse, horrendous, like, things that he went through with his, with his, uh, past, and just all kinds of, every abuse you can imagine. As he's talking, um, two or three people in the the crowd start to demonically manifest. They're like, demons are freaking out. And I'm sitting there. I learned something in the first service. But um, I'm sitting there, and this lady comes up next to me that's one of the coordinators of the whole event, and she says, "Um, I heard that you have experience with with deliverance ministry. And uh, I didn't know how she knew how she knew that until the first service Eric said I told her <laughs> so I just learned that seven years later um, and so she said we have a, a young man he's manifesting in the hallway would you mind coming and praying for him and I said I'd, I'd be happy to so we, we go out in the hallway and by this time he was actually before this he was in the bathroom like choking like like demonically manifesting choking and I go out in the hallway, he, they've gotten him out, and he's not choking anymore, but he's just emotionally just wrecked. He's probably a 26, 27-year-old man, and just weeping. And I'm like, hey, what's, what's going on, man? And he says, um, you know, the, the guy who's speaking right now, his background is very similar to mine. And he goes, I don't know what happened, just some, something's going on. And he says, also, I have cystic fibrosis, and I'm supposed to, be, I'm supposed to not live for more than six more years. And, and immediately when he said that, I heard lie. That's not true. So I said, okay, let's, let's, just, uh, let's just ask the Lord. And I, I said, would you, would you, could I grab your hand? And we just, I held his hand. And I said, I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit a question right now. Just say, okay, Holy Spirit, what's the truth? Because the report I'm getting is, you know, six years. or. But what's, what do you say, Holy Spirit? He starts this man who's like, beside himself and wrecked emotionally, he starts to laugh hysterically. Like the joy of the Lord just hit him. And he's like goes from emotional wreck, choking in the bathroom to he's hysterically laughing. And I'm like, what what's going on, man? <laughs> and he says, the Lord just showed me a picture of me with my grandkids. So everything in his mind was saying, You're dead. I mean, he was having a lot of things going on, right? But his mind was telling him, you're going to die. And when we were able to get past what his mind was saying and and quiet his mind, and, and I remember specifically this moment, he got really quiet. We just said, okay, let's just say what God's saying. He got really quiet. And all of a sudden, he starts to laugh. So we need to learn to bypass our mind. I end up praying for him and giving him prophetic words and breaking off spirit of infirmity. And, but we need to learn to bypass this sometimes. Again, I appreciate this. We appreciate it. Uh, some of you are super smart people. I know a lot, all of you here. And we appreciate it. We don't like downplay our intellect. Our intellect's great. We just can't let it be our master. So I say, I appreciate you. I need you to be silent so that we can hear from the Lord. When we hear from the Lord, it breaks the stronghold. And it helps us to stay in that communion with him. And so our mind's not telling us what reality is, but we're getting our reality from God, that we know we're in communion with him, that he's, he's with us. He's speaking life over us. So God is inviting us into a deeper place of communion with him unstoppable hope. Would you just close your eyes this morning? We didn't even get to this in the first service, but I just want to tell you, don't let this just be another message. But I I want you to say yes to a deeper level of communion with him. Just say it in your heart right now. Say yes. Yes, Lord. Deeper and deeper levels of communion with you. Yes, Lord. Now I want you to say it out loud. Say yes. Yes, Lord. Deeper levels of communion with you. There's something powerful about your yes when you're willing to say yes. Yes, I want that, Lord. Yeah, Jesus, take us into deeper and deeper levels of communion with you. Help us learn how to quiet our minds Help us learn to just commune with you in the spirit, praying in the spirit. Help us learn how to take our thoughts captive, to tune into what you're saying in the spiritual realm at all times, even in the mundane moments. Help us to know what you're saying, Jesus. Bless these people here, God. So thankful for each person here this morning. I know, God, that you love them so deeply. I pray that you just reveal your love to them and that they begin to hear that frequency that's always in the atmosphere, that it increases in their life. In Jesus' name.